On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Saturday, June 4th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Vito, our weekend man with us as well. And our special guest today, Liam Hughes, joining uh, the Ice Guys show. Uh, uh, Liam, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you played the last few years, and uh, how are things? Thank you. Appreciate you getting me on the show. It's, uh, it's a cool opportunity. I always love hopping on stuff like this, and even though it's rare for me, but... Uh, I always love doing it. It's fun to talk and, and chat about myself a little bit, as everybody likes to do. Uh, I've been playing uh, hockey since semi-professionally in junior in the WHL. Uh, four seasons there. Uh, kind of got tossed around a little bit, but um, always found my way to you know play a lot and get an opportunity to play in, in, in good organizations. Uh, then after that, went to school for a little bit during the COVID times, played for the Manitoba Moose during COVID. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get a game in there, but uh, real cool opportunity nevertheless. And uh, next season following through, went to school again, and then halfway through, went to uh, the ECHL, give myself a little opportunity for a, a pro spot and wanted to see what uh, I could do there because obviously my whole life want to try my best to get into uh, the NHL. He's getting a call, I believe, or a text. That's that's oh. what happened with Eddie the other yeah. day. There he Keeps is. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, anyways. Uh, and then uh, things didn't work out too well and uh, just decided to hop over to the other side of the pond into the UK League in the EIHL, which was a, a cool opportunity that presented itself. So uh, real fun and enjoying, uh, enjoying the offseason a little bit so far. A little stressful, hoping something works out for myself next year. Yeah, and right now you're in a you're in a state of flux, really, with that. Like you're not sure what's going to happen, what's going to transpire next season. But uh, as we were saying before the show started, you're leaving uh, all options open and on the table right now. Yeah, one hundred percent. Just uh, kind of seeing what's out there, seeing what's best for myself. Um, uh, even myself and a, and a buddy and I are just trying to figure something out to play together. We uh, played five years together in junior school, uh, and then uh, kind of split to, split apart and went pro pro at the same time and um we're real good buddies and trying to figure something out in that sense or whatever works out whatever works out for us so um just trying to keep all options open and go from there 
yeah, that's 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 a good uh, approach and uh, see uh, what ends up happening is that's that's the way it's, uh, you definitely want to go about it no question um all right so with that in mind uh, we've got uh, alex a uh, great betcast last night i do want to mention that uh, thanks to everyone for joining us reminder that monday is going to be our next betcast for game four uh, edmonton colorado and uh uh, Alex, we were hoping to get that over five and a half at the end of that game last night. Uh, it didn't happen, but we got the both teams to score. And because both were plus price and the both teams to score was plus 155, it ended up being a profitable end of the bet cast. And uh, Rangers take a 2 nothing series lead. Look, I'm not going to go into too much uh, detail because we really recapped the game at the end of the bet cast. But I'm just going to say they look faster. For a lot of that game last night, the Rangers, they were winning puck battles all over the ice, taking that 2 nothing series lead. Uh, again, it was a great night for some of the best Rangers players, including, of course, Mika Zibanejad scores once again. And for the Tampa Bay Lightning, John Cooper said it right in the press conference, turnovers were an issue, uh, not managing the puck well. There was that stretch of time where it looked like they could not get anything sustained in the offensive zone against the Rangers. They were stuck on eight shots on goal halfway through the hockey game. So, this is not a nine-day layoff thing anymore. Yeah, you can say you could attach that to the game one loss. This is a hey, let's give the New York Rangers some credit thing. They're playing really well. Uh, Igor Shosturkin, they go on to make this, win this series, get to the Stanley Cup final, and dare I say it, win it. They're going to look back at the incredible stop with about fifty seconds left to maintain that three-two lead. Uh, last night for the Rangers. Incredible post-to-post -post lateral movement, something I'm sure our resident goalie on the show today, uh, Liam Hughes, appreciates the uh, play of Shesterkin, and I'm sure he'll uh, say something about just the brilliance uh, for Igor uh, of the New York Rangers when he uh, talks about the uh, game last night. But definitely, uh, he's been brilliant. He's outplayed Vasilevsky uh, as well. And here we are, the Rangers up 2-0 in this series, Alex. And uh, let's, it's time to finally give this team their credit, and I'm fucking thrilled. Even though I'm not thrilled I lost with Tampa Bay last night in game two, the one thing I am thrilled about, I don't have to talk about that damn streak anymore. It's <laughs> over. I don't have to hear about it. I don't have to say it. I don't have to think about it anymore. The 18-0 and awful loss streak in the Stanley Cup playoffs is over. And if you listen to Cooper, he's kind of happy it's over too. I mean, he was uh, not exactly thrilled about all the questions in the post-game press conference, oh, the streak's over, the streak's over. And he's like, we never go into the playoffs thinking we're never, ever going to lose two in a row. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, that's a good way of putting it. But uh, now people can finally, I think, uh, shut their yap a bit uh, about the streak. Uh, Alex, uh, last night, uh, some final thoughts on that. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the Rangers, you know, they out, they've been outplaying Tampa. You know, we thought it was, you know, possibly the, the rust factor in game one, but that clearly was not the case in game two. Uh, you know, they said turnovers and, and mishandling the puck, things that you don't characteristically see from from Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, it's coming back to bite them in the ass at the wrong time. And, and now you got the Rangers with a two nothing lead going on the road. And the thing that you you know, obviously now Tampa has to to turn things up early in Game Three. Uh, and it's an early start time, but they they've got to come out guns blazing in that first twenty minutes of play. Otherwise, the Rangers can just kind of carry that momentum over. We're talking about that, looking at the, a series from a storyboard form. The last six periods have been dominated by the Rangers uh, for the most part. So if they can continue that momentum forward, take that with them on the road, uh, who knows what, what could happen right now? And, and Tampa's kind of reeling a bit. And now you wonder has you know some of the air been deflated from them? You know, we talk about how much hockey they've played in the last. Uh, two calendar years, you know, as defending back-to-back -back champions. Maybe it's starting to catch up with them now, and now that they've had that time off, come back and, and lose against a team that's clearly faster, clearly playing them uh, with a bit more physicality. 
uh, you know, maybe things have caught up with them now, and this is the Rangers' time to, to you know, strike it and move forward. How much do the Tampa Bay Lightning push for, and how much does he himself push to return as well? And I'm talking about Braden Point, who, you know, they got through the Florida Panthers series without him, and it's shocking they swept Florida without him. And we were wondering, is at some point this team going to look like a team that maybe misses Braden Point at some set, a portion of these playoffs? Well, now we've arrived at that portion of the playoffs where it looks like, hey, they could use a little bit of a jolt from a guy like Braden Point, who is Mr. Stanley Cup playoffs for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Scores big goals, plays, uh, incre- you know, plays hard on every shift. Uh, he doesn't take usually a night off or even a shift off. Again, gets you a big goal usually at playoff time. And uh, now how quickly do they try at least to accelerate his return? Remember, that's a significant, you know, it's a, d- definitely a, a severe injury. And it's one that can sometimes take a while to heal up. And they, they were thinking at some point in the Florida series he'd be back. And now we're day to day and there's really no definitive timeline uh, for his return. But you got to think with the and the one thing about point. It's a very, very hard-nosed competitor. He, he wants to be in there. He, he will be chomping at the bit to push himself to try to get back on the ice and in the lineup at some point in this series, but still no telling when that will be. Vito, uh, what did you think of the Rangers? They're up 2 nothing in the Stanley Cup champs for the first time all playoffs. They're, well, the, the Toronto series, they had a lot of adversity too, but uh, they're definitely feeling it right now. Well, Rangers, yeah, well, the best they have played all season. That's what you want, you know, going into the playoffs, play the best hockey at that moment. But anyways, in the playoffs, what we have seen, we have seen Rangers playing one good game, one bad game, especially in the Carolina series. So now they put up two great games. And, well, a lot of two nerves actually came from the, well, I will say, I have, I can say, like, Kucherov, I don't don't think even if he scored a goal, I think a lot of turnovers from him. Just too, too casual with the puck, you know, like, I, I, I checked and uh, yeah, overall, Tampa doesn't look like engaged, you know, in, in, in these uh, two road games. I mean, yeah, Rangers were a better team, but uh, I think John Cooper, he's just so confident in, in his guys. And the te- I mean, that team is so confident that they can, I think they easy can come out and win both at home, you know, and we have again, even serious. So I would not overhype it too much, I would say. Uh, we all know what Tampa Bay can do. It's still lighting. And uh, let's see what happens at home. I think they take it. I, I already actually placed my bet. It's a plus uh, even money at Tampa in regulation in the game three. All right. There you go. So there you go. Giving it away for uh, uh, tomorrow. That is uh, Sunday uh, afternoon at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern that game. And uh, uh, definitely look, Tampa Bay, uh, it's an, obviously almost a must game for them. It's a must game for Edmonton tonight. We'll get into that in just a second. Well, but maybe also that, you know, in hockey, as we all talk always, you can never expect the same the next game. You know, there's always yeah. something different happening. So now we had two games in a row with, a, I would say, pretty equal performance from both teams. Well, Rangers are better, so I expect something to change in the next game. Hey, at the same time, there's a lot of people that are all of a sudden, they've switched gears completely. There are some people, the same people on Twitter. That's what's so funny about people. <laughs> uh, the, just the just one or two game sample size. The same people on Twitter that were saying Tampa in a sweep, Tampa in five, Rangers played uh, Pyotr Kochekov and Antti Ranta and Louis Deming and Casey DeSmith and all these weak goalies. And now they've got to play Igor Shosturk and ah, Tampa's going to run through them in four or five. The same people that said that at the beginning of the series. You know what they're saying now? Rangers are going to win the series and Tampa's done. I'm seeing, I'm actually seeing human beings with a brain in their head doing this on Twitter that are just flipping course completely. That are going from Tampa's going to sweep, Tampa's going to win in five. Now Tampa's got no shot. They're done. 
you know, mm-hmm. after the first two games of this series when they haven't even played a home game yet. And like I say, you know, a series doesn't really begin until a home team loses. It's that old adage. You know, let's give Tampa a chance to show us what they've got, you know, in game three and in game four before we shovel dirt on their grave. You know, I mean, that's that. that's all I'm trying to say. Does it look like they're in tough now? Absolutely. But are we going to say right now, really, with the two-time defending champs, when they're going back home for the next two games down 2 nothing, that it's totally done, it's finished? No. It's crazy to say that. Yeah, it's, it's not over just yet, but that was that was a, a demoralizing loss. It wasn't a, a spiritually kind of uplifting where they can kind of hang their head and say, hey, you know what, we got beat by a better team, but, you know, we gave a pretty good effort. You know, and, and that's what we're kind of talking about with this series coming up tonight, too. Uh, it, it You know, sometimes you go down 2 nothing. It depends on how you lose that second game. That really can kind of, like I said, that, that's where the carryover goes to, you know, uh, is this going to be a, a pretty balanced content, uh, series or does it seem to be kind of leaning one side to the other? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Liam, what were your thoughts on the, well, the series overall and game two last night, Rangers taking a 2 nothing series lead. And as a goalie, I'm sure you just marvel watching both of these goalies. But right now, especially Igor Shosturkin, who in my opinion's played outplayed Vasilevsky so far, He's been absolutely brilliant. I don't know what more you could ask for from him. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, during these playoffs, it's it comes down to your goalie, what goalie's playing the best. And that, honestly, you can see it from the last two years and, and even in previous probably five years. Every goalie that's won uh, the playoffs, and I'm guessing probably get, except the Pittsburgh Penguins run there where they use multiple goalies and Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray, um, Vasilevsky takes his team on on a run and and honestly um going back into kind of the, the earlier series when the the Leafs and, and um Tampa in game seven when Vasilevsky really turned it on um that's when things I thought were going to get scary for teams playing Tampa Bay where I thought Vasilevsky was going to turn into this workhorse playoff goalie that he was in previous years where he kind of found that click um again and kind of got into his zone and um, it's surprising to see in this series uh, with uh, New York here that he's kind of looked like he's not turned it off, but not as looks as focused. And I could guess I could say that as the rest of the Tampa Bay team there. Um, it look, they're in the games, but uh, it looks like there's a hungrier New York Rangers team that wants to win a little bit more than they do right now. And obviously two years in a row of, of going that deep in the playoffs obviously takes tolls on teams and kudos to Tampa for th- Three years in a row getting to a conference final, that's impressive. Um, but, yeah, it looks like those New York Rangers under Gargalant, uh, again, that coach has been deep in the playoffs before and talking before the show here, uh, they look like that Vegas Golden Knight team, a little bit of an underrated team where uh, a lot of people, like you just said earlier on Twitter, are going, oh, they're done, they're out of here, they're, that's it. Um, I was the same way. Pittsburgh series, I'm like, oh, three one, they're done. It's over. Series is over. Crosby's gonna show the boys how it's how it's done, and um, Pittsburgh would move on, and and that wasn't the case. They kept fighting adversity and getting through it, and seems kind of how it, how most teams get through is through their adversity, and um, it, especially for last night's game, uh, watching it, that uh, yeah, the. the Tampa looks slow. Also, though that Rangers fans like they give them a boost. They are they're definitely in the game. Um, so, but it'll be interesting tonight or tomorrow. Sorry, how those uh, how the Tampa Bay Lightning fans really get them back into the game, and we'll see. I mean, it's only two nothing. I've seen crazier teams down three zero or three one where they come back and and win three in a row and take over the series. Right. So, 
Um, like I said earlier, though, it's all up to the goalies, I think, who's ever having a game, I think, can really steal a series and really take over and be a, a, be a huge major factor, obviously, in, in, in a game in a series, especially. And Igor Shosturkin, unbelievable goaltender, um, very, very talented laterally. Uh, I know kind of not proven in the playoffs, but he's really shown himself this year. And it's, uh, it's been impressive to watch as a, as a goalie myself. And even Vasilevsky last series was, it's like he couldn't even score in them. So it was a little interesting to see him coming in this Rangers series. Like I said, uh, be not as strong as he is, obviously <laughs> still incredible being a, as talented as he is. He's been playing real well. I think uh, just those Tampa Bay lightning are giving up a little bit too many opportunities for such a caliber goalie. And not everybody can stop a, Chris Kreider, 50-goal scorer. Uh, it's been a jad, unbelievable scorer. I've seen many of his goals post and end, just incredible accuracy of two shooters. And I can't forget about Panarin. That's a player who's got a wicked shot, wicked one-timer. Um, just incredible shooters. And they, they call it the game of interest for a reason. And even the best goalies in the world can't stop caliber players like that. But Tampa's the same way. So they got incredible players themselves. I think if they just get a boost from home and, things in the series could shape up a lot differently. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, definitely. And you're right. Zabanajad's had some absolute seeds in terms of some of these shots from him. They've been absolutely perfect right up under the crossbar. Yeah. Perfectly placed shots. Multiple times he's had those kind of goals uh, in this series. And as much as I was thrilled, by the way, to cash my best bet yesterday, Nikita Kucherov, anytime goal scorer, plus 190. Uh, and he scores, what, few minutes into the game to give Tampa Bay a one nothing lead. As good as that was to cash that, as well as 12-1 to 1 shot that I took on him to be the first goal scorer uh, of the game last night, he basically gave that goal right back to the Rangers in the third period. And it's just an awful turnover, and that's what Cooper said. And you, you hinted at it, Liam. Puck management, I think, has kind of hurt the uh, the Lightning a little bit yeah. here. I mean, it's not so much Vasilevsky just all of a sudden is human. It's that you're putting him in a position where – you know, you're giving up just too much quality at times, like Kako tipping it in. It was a brilliant yeah. pass from Fox because Fox's pass broke down that defensive coverage. That's exactly what ended up happening. Yeah, uh, it's uh, not so much they broke down. It's that when uh, Fox is going to jump up, thread the needle with that pass to Kako, it's hard for the defense to do much about it. And, and that's exactly what happened. It was a perfect pass. Kako with the tip, the deflection. Uh, and that's that's basically great playmaking by the Rangers and the kind of stuff that even Vasilevsky really can't do much about. So some of it is, could he play a little bit better? Yeah. Some of it is, hey, don't give up some of these quality looks that the uh, Rangers are getting right now. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. I think uh, kind of both play into that, obviously, puck management. It's a whole yep. five-player team on the ice. Every Six guys on the ice at one time. It's uh, it's a whole team effort. You can't blame the goalie or really anybody at any moment. There's uh, four other four or five other guys that can bail you out at one moment. But uh, yeah, it looks like their puck management just not crisp. And they're not getting pucks deep. Not playing the right way. Um, obviously, not the whole game, but there's moments where they kind of lack and look like they're lacking a little bit of. Uh, guess endurance and, and maybe focus not 100 sure what's going on i mean they did have a what was it a nine-day layoff right yeah oh yeah that's that's a long time for golf and curricular activities after after a series like that so um and yeah there's a, a guy adam fox he, he he's not talked about enough mccarr gets a little bit too a little bit more uh more of the spotlight than he does but wow he's an incredible player and probably just not as close to Makar obviously he's a 
one of the best defensemen, probably if not going to be the best defenseman to ever play the game at his cal at his caliber. And Adam Fox is right there with him. So you can't really you got to tip your hat sometimes to a player that makes a an incredible pass like that. That was a ooh, that was a sick goal. And and you can't blame Vasilevsky, like you said. It's incredible pass. He already he looked like he's already facing a couple shots there, looking a little tired. And I think he I even noticed him losing the puck site where it was and kind of finding his angle yeah, strickland behind him on one play i remember that and yeah. it's like whoa that's not like vasilevsky to just leave the puck like yeah. that yeah. yeah kind of getting back in, into position so it, it's it anyway it's just a beautiful goal and can't blame yeah. vasilevsky and also you got to tip your hat off to a player like that who's making a pass with no room whatsoever and finding that finding that player in that little slot where no one is so um incredible play and uh, yeah i think Again, those those Tampa Bay Lightning getting back into in their own barn, own own uh, atmosphere, and kind of getting back in the groove of things may change the series up a lot. And will we see a Braden Point sighting? You know, at some point, no pun intended, actually. I thought of it, <laughs> but hope will so. we see Braden Point in this series? That's that's going to be interesting to see so, as we get back to Tampa. Hope so. Hope so. Incredible, incredible player, playoff player, like you guys talked about. Unbelievable. He. Comes in, plays his nuts off, never get, takes a shift off, never takes a game off, scores huge goals. Uh, and a gritty that. player gets in those corners, does yep. the little yep. things right. So uh, he comes back, that that could change the whole In series. a series where they're w- yeah. losing a lot of puck battles, you know, you got a guy yeah. that wins puck battles a lot of yeah, them in great a, point. He's a constant guy in the corners winning puck battles, making sure that the puck gets back to – uh, his team and, and make sure that they can create offensive uh, uh, ability after him winning bat- puck battles. And that that's a, probably the biggest thing about the NHL playoffs or even a hockey game is winning your puck battles. Teams who want to get in those greasy, dirty areas a little more than the other. So um, well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see him come back. And if he does come back, I'm not too sure. Obviously, injuries in hockey are always up for question. Uh, like we've seen earlier in playoffs uh, this, this season, you didn't expect Tristan Jari to come back and no, that's a true. Broken foot and stuff like that. So um, you never know. Maybe he does have a little bit of a comeback. They didn't want to bring him onto the road and uh, even not, sorry, not bring him Lightning fans are sure hoping you're right. <laughs> I'm on the same page. I'd like to see a little bit more of a tighter series uh, out of both series, honestly. So um, obviously I like more, pro- I like more playoff hockey. I don't want to see it all end in four and then go to a uh, Stanley cup too quick, but uh can't complain about the the quality of hockey we're watching. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think about Tampa a little bit. I think we talk a lot. A lot that they're tired and they like get pressed in their own zone. I think one of the things what they need to manage is better line shifts because I have seen players playing for one minute, one minute thirty, you know, and not changing. So that's why they look so slow. So yep. that's what we don't haven't seen from Tampa a lot. So that's what they have to be better in third game. Just make 30, 40 second shifts, you know. I think that's what the message from the coach. So we're gonna see Tampa blazing, I think, first period, as Alex said in the very beginning. That that that's a great observation. You're right. How many times have I seen in the first two games, minute and a half, two minutes sometimes? Uh he was super tired in one moment and uh like some forwards I saw Cirelli playing for minute thirty. So that's too much, you know. That's too yeah. much. Yeah, so definitely too much. Yeah. Thousand percent correct when your average shift length should be 30, 40 seconds you know, in, in most situations. So uh, that is definitely far too much. And again, you get uh, the uh, gassed 
uh, and you suck in dirty pond water as uh, the Pierre Maguire term from many years ago. That's exactly what happens uh, when you're out on the ice that long. Uh, all right, so we'll see how that one goes. Game three in Tampa tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but before we get to that tonight, the one game, of course, we go back to the West, Western Conference Final, Game 3, Colorado Avalanche, Edmonton Oilers, Colorado minus 130, uh, road favorites in Edmonton. And the total still 7, uh, even though we did have an under in Game 2 a four, in that 4 nothing shutout victory uh, for the Avalanche. I honestly think we go back to goals here tonight. It, it, you know, we saw obviously a massive 8-6 shootout in Game 1. We saw 4 nothing Colorado in Game 2. And as I said, you know, the last day or two, Colorado plays like they did in game two in that four, nothing shutout. I don't want to say the perfect game, but damn close. That's what that was for the avalanche. Nobody will beat them when they play that way at that, with that, that level, nobody will beat the Colorado avalanche on the way to a Stanley cup. No one will, but now can they do that again is the question because you would expect a significant amount of pushback here from the Oilers tonight. This is obviously a must from them. They're now going to have a chance to try to enjoy some home cooking, if you will in front of the fans at Rogers place. Uh, they're doing this big spit and chicklets meet and greet thing this weekend as well uh, in Edmonton with uh, Bissonette and Ryan Whitney. So, and, and they're, and the chicklets crew. So that's going to get the, uh, the, the, uh, the aura, I guess the atmosphere in Edmonton and around the re- arena, even more uh, amped up uh, probably for this game tonight. So I'd expect a boisterous crowd, uh, the Oilers to feed off it, especially early. Like, I, I think Edmonton is good enough where they could throw a big early punch tonight here uh, in this uh, opening period. I do like Edmonton plus 105 in the first period. Uh, that's what you can get. It's probably the best price you can find right now with that first period is around plus 105. Some other books have around exactly even money plus 100. So make sure you shop around. But I do like them in the first period. I think uh, I'm not the first period over guy that uh, Alex is, but I could see the first period over being uh, something to consider here. I also like both teams to score actually in the first period, because I expect Edmonton to have a really fl- fast flying start, but I still think Colorado could get on the board because as we've seen in this series, Edmonton pushes the play, which I expect them too early down to nothing, but man, you leave yourself vulnerable at the other end. It would not shock me if even Colorado still gets on the scoreboard. Uh, in the opening period. So there's actually three first period looks that I have here. I have Edmonton plus 105 first period. I have the uh, both teams to score as well uh, in the first period, which is at around plus 125. They they lowered the price a little bit now uh, on this one, but I got plus 125 uh, both teams to score first period uh, in this one. And I'm going to go with a very rare, very small bet, by the way, on this one. First period, correct score. Uh, wager here for me. Uh, you can find this uh, available at a lot of books. Bet 365 is where I've ended up betting it. But I'm going to go Edmonton 2 to 1, 10 to 1, uh, first period score. So Edmonton 2, Colorado 1, your score after the first period, plus 1,000. So that's 10 to 1. Uh, again, that's just a small play, uh, but I think that is a plausible score. I could see the Oilers leading. Uh, I think Colorado can still get on the scoreboard. I think it's going to be a blistering breakneck pace uh, early in this hockey game. Hell, it was a breakneck pace in the first period the other night, even though there wasn't a whole lot of goals. There were a boatload of chances here. Now, as far as goaltending goes, we don't have confirmation. Uh, I I think they're leaning toward another shot for Mike Smith uh, for Edmonton, uh, which I like. I think giving him another game is fine. I think if you lose tonight, then maybe you contemplate uh, Miko Koskinen in game four at that point. And that's someone that's backed up 
Smith from the beginning here that I think finally you make the change if they lose tonight. We don't know anything more about Kemper. This is like a wait and see later in the day kind of thing with Darcy Kemper. Jared Bednar said it's day to day. We don't have any update yet. We're not sure. But even if it is, even if he is good to go, my intuition tells me you're going to see Pavel Francouz again tonight for the Colorado Avalanche. Even if Kemper's feeling good, how do you not go back to a guy that just got a shutout, you know, for you in game two? I think there's not, there's going to be that, uh, mindset from Jared Bednar. Let's not rush it with Kemper. Let's make sure he's a hundred percent. He might be already, but if he's not, certainly make sure he's ready. Let's go back to a guy that did play terrific for us in game two and got a shutout for us in Francois. Here's the thing with Francois though. He has been good. He's been very good ever since he entered game one. He was very good down the stretch of that game. Very good, obviously, in the shutout in game two. How many great chances, though, did Edmonton get? Colorado was a stifling defensive machine that night in game two. I don't think the high danger chances were all that much. And if you look at the expected goals for the game, Edmonton had barely over one expected goal for that hockey game in game two. So they really didn't generate many quality looks. They're going to, I think they're going to generate quality looks tonight. First of all, Jay Woodcroft's going to get the matchups he wants. Last line change being on home ice. You got to hope that stimulates Connor McDavid a little bit. And from a prop standpoint, uh, this is a night I think, I don't want to say load up on Connor McDavid, but he's one of those guys that he, he knows he, you don't have to, he doesn't have to hear me yesterday screaming and yelling about how invisible and uh, lack of an impact he made uh, in game two. He knows it. He knows, hey, that wasn't good enough for someone like me. I've got to be a whole lot better. Uh, I think tonight could be one of those McDavid just tries to, you know, really, really put his fingerprints all over this hockey game, whether it's an end-to-end rush, whether it's just, you know, a little stick between the legs thing. Like, he's going to go, I think, batshit crazy from a motor standpoint and a, up the ante from an effort standpoint because he's going to have to because right now they're checking him well. Kale McCarr with great stick position on multiple chances that McDavid had. I thought McCarr defended him extremely well. This fourth line, like Cogliano and Helm, they've been hounding McDavid, especially in game two. And they didn't give him any time, any space, any room to operate. But now I think on home ice, Woodcroft's going to have the chance to put McDavid out there in advantageous situations, having last line change. McDavid knows he's got to be better. You know, it's not like he was awful, awful, awful in game two, but he was very, very quiet. And from a player of his caliber, we do expect better. We've seen so much good from him, so much incredible play from him that he's he's in a spot where when he has that kind of a game in game two or it's a little less than inspiring, it doesn't measure up. It's not good. It's not good enough for a guy like him, number 97. So I think tonight could be that night. So McDavid, McDavid shots on goal even at three and a half. You know, I think definitely he's going to be a willing shooter tonight, I think, in this one. He's going to be willing to shoot the puck a lot. I think he knows this is the backs against the wall time for his Oilers, and I think you're going to see that kind of mindset. And usually he's a guy that will look to pass. I think he's going to be looking to fire that puck early and often tonight. So I think the McDavid over one and a half points is a good look. And I think the over overshots on goals, the best look, because there's always that chance. Francois is, you know, feeling it again, like he did in game two. Uh, so that the shots on goal prop means you can cash that and don't have to worry about whether the puck goes in the net uh, or not. So there's a couple more I've got on this game, but let's get the uh, other guys in there and get their thoughts first. Alex, we'll start with you. Game three, Avs, Oilers. Yeah, this is a must-win game for Edmonton in, in this spot. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a different scenario than what we're seeing in the East with uh, the Tampa and New York series. This is where Edmonton 
And I think, you know, like I said, I mentioned about how you lose game two makes a big difference. I think if the game one and game two were flip-flop, so basically we saw where Colorado dominates, you know, and wins 4 nothing, and then you turn around and you see that crazy, frantic back-and-forth game and Colorado gets away with the 8-6 win. If that was game two, I would feel a lot more comfortable about looking at Edmonton. That probably would be on Edmonton uh, money line in game three. But the fact that it started off with that really frenetic kind of a game and, and going back and forth and Smith getting pulled and then we saw, you know, Kemper getting hurt and those different – just kind of things up and down. And then Colorado settling down, going with Francois, him getting the shutout, Edmonton, like I said, all the stars basically being quiet and Colorado skating off to a 4 nothing win. That causes some concern for me looking toward Edmonton. Uh, if they're going to do anything, they've, they've got to get off to a hot start. You know, they've got to get things rolling in the first period. Like I said, McDavid's going to have to show up and, and and be the guy. If he's, you know, so everybody calls him the top player in the world, he's going to have to prove that, and he's going to prove that right away. I'm not one to really bet those uh, combo props, but if you like Edmonton tonight, I would say bet McDavid to score a goal and, and Oilers to win the game. Uh, I'm sure it's going to pay much higher than just plus 110, and, and for them to win, he's got to make an impact. He's got to score a goal, in my opinion. Uh, the crowd's going to need that that hype. The, the team's going to need that hype. Uh, and so he's got to really step it up with that performance. But as far as Colorado goes, we know it's Francois and that uh, Kemper wasn't even at the morning skate. It was Eustace Annan and that was the, the backup. So uh, as far as we know, and like I said, off of a shutout, you wouldn't you know be quick to switch him out anyway. Uh, so Francois will get the start. And Colorado, I think they can kind of, you know, not rest back and say, hey, we won two games. We're on the road. I'm pretty sure they want to, you know, we saw them already sweep a team uh, this postseason in Nashville. They know they want to keep their foot on the gas uh, and try to wrap things up as quickly as possible, especially seeing, you know, like I said, we talk about it in, in the different conference matchups in the first round. When you see a team eliminate somebody, those other teams that get to three wins, they know, hey, we need to take care of business because we don't want this team to get extra rest. You know, we want to kind of keep on the same schedule and same pace. So I'm sure they're looking at the, you know, the other side and saying, hey, Rangers are handling Tampa Bay. They jump out to a three of the lead or, or possibly sweep, then you know we need to take care of business too. We can get this thing rolling and not have to give them any extra advantage with rest or things of that nature. So Colorado's going to be focused. They're going to continue to play their game the way they do. I'm not worried about them at all. Uh, I like the first period over. I've had it in both both games, but I have not betted it too. Uh, at least I didn't in game two. Rather, I did in game one. But I, I'm going to come back and wait for uh, a one and a half in game. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm willing to lay a dollar 30 or, or, you know, in that area with that, as opposed to, uh, trying to get two at minus a dollar five or even money. Uh, we've been able to get that. We haven't seen goals scored right away in the first two, three minutes. Like we saw in, in game one, I expect to see a more slower, you know, del- deliberate pace, especially if Edmonton, uh, you know, they want to try to at least, you know, get to a, a strong start, but they don't need to get to a fast start. They want to start a track meet like they did in game one with Colorado. And then all of a sudden it's a breakneck pace. And then they find themselves down two or three goals. Because uh, obviously they know their weakness they have in defense. They know Mike Smith's confidence is a bit rattled. He seems to be the guy that's going to go for game three. You know, we talked about that throughout the series where, you know, if you pull Mike Smith again, chances are you're not going to see him the rest of the, the, the way. So you kind of have to really give him these starts early. And if he should falter in game, then you bring in Koskin, but then you have to ride Koskin and the rest of the way out uh, because, you know, Smith's mental uh, capacity just may not be there at this point if he gets pulled twice in a series. So, uh, I like Colorado here to win. I'm not on the side at all, and I'm staying away from that total. Like I said, I, I like the first period uh, over, but I'm going to look for that end game and uh, just kind of see what happens. Like I said, if Edmonton doesn't get off to a hot start in, in the first period, uh, and then this kind of seems like it would be Colorado's game and Colorado's series to take it for. Yeah, that's why I'm pumping the brakes on full game. I want – like, give me a good first period. 
Edmonton. Then maybe let's see if I can trust you for a full game because I think obviously this is not a situation where I envision them if they're down, you know, a goal or two or three after the first period that they're winning this game. It's got to be from the start that you see Edmonton uh, have a good uh, start. Like they did have a lead early in game one, but that lead lasted that like that and the lead was gone. Uh, so that's the issue for Edmonton. You know, they haven't played from in front very often uh, in this series for very long. So that would be something that I think that would benefit them, get the lead, because it's obviously a much better situation when you're playing from in front uh, than playing uh, from behind. But again, I think in the first period you're going to see, with that crowd behind them, I do think they're going to be on the front foot more. Darnell Nurse has to play better. I don't even care that he's from Hamilton, and I back him up time and time again, but even I can't deny how poor of a game that was from him. Terrible. Awful. I mean, multiple giveaways, multiple turnovers, getting beaten up the ice for uh, transition on rush chances, two-on-ones, and he was on the ice for all three Colorado goals in that explosion uh, in the second period in game two. So it was a rough game from him. He needs to be a whole lot better. And look, I, that's the concern I had for Edmonton coming into the series is the rest of the blue line. If Nurse doesn't play well, who do you hang your hat on defensively on that blue line? CeCe? Some, you know, been bounced around, couldn't couldn't cut the mustard in Ottawa and Toronto, and you're going to rely on him now in Edmonton? Uh, you've got freaking Duncan Keith at the tail end of his career when his best days are behind him. You've got Evan Bouchard, an offensive-minded defenseman who's not necessarily the best in his own end. Tyson Berry, ditto. You know, same thing, more of an offensive-minded defenseman, not always great in his own end. And you've got Brett Kulak, who they got at the deadline, who's just a depth defenseman from Montreal. That's the issue for Edmonton, is that when Darnell Nurse plays a bad game, which he can't afford to because of the rest of the blue line, what it is, that's when you really see what happened in Game 2 uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So it, it really falls on Nurse. I mean, he is the best they've got. He can't have a game like he had in Game 2. There's just no chance for that blue line, no shot for them to be competent on the back end if Darnell Nurse is going to struggle. So it's going to have to start with him tonight uh, here in Game 3. Vito, what do you think here, Avs Oilers? Yeah, well, I, I, will, I guess just keep the momentum going and just to add a little bit about the defense, defense. And actually, have I tried to say defense or defense? I say defense. Yeah. I me too. I think I'll say the, the hockey folks from Canada will often say the defense, but uh, I say defense. I always say defenseman, but I say defense as in like the general yeah. like idea. Yeah. Of the, uh, yeah, I don't say defenseman. No, of course, defenseman, but I say defense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So the defense. Yeah, talking about defenseman from Oilers. A little grammar lesson here on the Ice Guys for <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. Uh, during the playoffs, all these three pairs, Nur, CC, Keith, Bouchard, and uh, Kulak, Barry, they have uh, three expected goals per 60. So that's too much, you know. That's a three goals per 60 expected to score on all of three pairs, you know. And uh, what's covering that performance is that they have a little bit more expected goals. But why? Because McDavid and offense was exploding, you know. That's what cover is covering these high numbers on defense, uh, on the defense for Oilers, you know. That's too much numbers. And if, if Smith is not playing well, it, it all goes to crap, you know, just because, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it all goes <laughs> to crap. Yeah. And if you look at uh, how Avalanche, Avalanche have the Staves Makar, which is, a, a, I think, absolutely the best pairing of defense, defense defensemen at the moment. They also play actually 44% of all the time, you know. If uh, Oilers play balanced, pretty much those all the uh, Avs, they have top heavy on Taves and Makar, and then there are Johnson Manson, Johnson Byram. All of them have expected goals less than two. So imagine just uh, a goal less per 60 for defensemen from uh, Avalanche. And overall, they're just better. You know the structure of the team. They might have more depth, I would say. 
And yeah, while talking about forward lines, I mean, now we talk, let's talk about McDavid. If you just shut down one guy from that team, the team is done. Because why? Basically, if you watch him before the series, uh, Oilers had played 202 minutes without McDavid. And uh, with McDavid on the ice, they have scored 23 goals. Without McDavid, five goals. I mean, that's too, that's a high difference. That's five. I mean, that's too much, you know. And also, so basically with McDavid on the ice, it's 23 goals scored, eight goals allowed. And if you shut down that guy, I mean, that's it, you know. The Oilers are struggling pretty much. And also that uh, how Woodcroft plays those lineups, they, he puts really top uh, on the top six very very hard minutes. I mean, they, he plays McDavid line, Kane, and Dreisaitl. Then he plays Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and someone else, you know. And he switches wingers a lot, you know. But two center minds, McDavid plays 52% of ice time. That's more than a half game. And then he plays Nugent Hopkins uh, for 26%. And like Ryan line plays only 4% of the ice time. So that's the way you want to play that Oilers offense. I think you have to give the most minutes to McDavid and get him rolling, you know. So Woodcroft is great, great, doing a great job, I would say, overall. So just this McDavid time, you know, if he's if he going to show up or not today. I think that is the that is that question here. If we just look at the power plays, PK, which is also very important. I mean, Avalanche is doing amazing. Uh, they, they're, they're a little bit bad numbers on PK. So maybe today after uh, Fransuz getting that shutout, you know, I mean, of course, when Fransuz stepped in, absolutely, we saw change the game, you know, and that was that easy for them. You know, they went from a high, high octane offense there and back. They went to and shut the game down, give only one expected goal throughout the game to Oilers, you know. So credit to Avs, was well played. So now they have to do the same again with Fransuz in the net, you know. And who knows about Fransuz? This 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 looks like well you know sometimes this one injury a, go, a backup step, steps in makes another shutout and goes to the cup you know well we have seen many things well maybe not from Francois but you never know you know you never know there's hamburger and everyone who steps up sometimes from nowhere but yeah well talking about this game I totally would uh, agree on uh, from the betting side what to bet uh, that first period over just maybe uh, we're gonna see uh, Oilers I think giving their best in the first period so minus a half maybe goal you can try to go with Oilers. Uh, it's a uh, plus 190 plus 120 uh, or plus 200 i think something like that so first period Oilers to win uh i think ian you are going with that right i'm going with that but safer you're going for the puck line i think minus a half plus 190 on edmonton yeah. in the first period i'm going to be safer plus 105 money line so that if it's tied after the first period i'll push i'll get the money back yeah okay well maybe also yeah uh, uh maybe uh, offer that to guys as well well uh, we don't have it actually here in my books. This kind of a bet. We have only three-way lines on uh, oh, yes. the first yep. period. So tough, 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 tough outing. But it is what it is. So yeah, I would go with that. I think Oilers can get a, to a hot start. You know, even and uh, get get some goals as you said. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Also, wait a little bit and bet that first period over one and a half. Also, great opportunity overall to game. I can see this maybe go be being like three-two game. You know, uh, go, uh, uh, somewhere in the third period. Let's say seventh or eighth minute it could be like three two i can see that you know so uh maybe under seven a seven is still a lot of goals even we have seen the 14 goals in the first game then four only but still you know seven for me is a lot of goals in hockey i think so uh, overall i would lean over uh, under because i think this can end like four two five two maybe and uh yeah first period over one and a half goal is definitely a great look and that uh, oil is two in the first period as there you go, go. All right, Oilers to win the first period, plus 190 over. Uh, I think it's two right now, but you could wait for a one and a half. 
uh, if you want uh, in game. I think that's what Alex is doing. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I like the I think the two to one Edmonton first period correct score is worth a look. I think that is very very possible, and it's ten to one plus a thousand. I think that's you know a couple bucks on that, uh, and if it wins for you, uh, it pays off pretty nicely. And I always chuckle. I have to. I always smile, chuckle when I hear uh, Vito call uh, ham and hamburger all the time. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> Which is the you don't, you don't even call him Hammond. You just call Andrew Hammond. You call him just hamburger because they threw the hamburgers on the ice years yeah. ago when he was with uh, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, yeah. Andrew Hamburger, uh, as far as uh, Vito is, is concerned. Uh, Liam, what do you think here? Edmonton uh, hosting Colorado game three. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a surprising game. I think um, it could honestly go both ways. Those Avalanche are a tough team, man. They're they're playing real well, good hockey right now. They look really hungry. Um, I th- I think kind of going back to that saying, like uh, the Greg Gallant and uh, and the New York Ranger uh, kind of acting like the Vegas Golden Knights. These Colorado Avalanche are very much like the Washington Capitals, where uh, back in 2018, where they're hungry as hell they want to win they want this cup uh kind of like Ovia took it's taken McKinnon Landeskog ran in a little little bit longer to get that cup to kind of get pushed through that final stretch and I think they may do it this year they're they're looking real strong in both these two games that they played previously uh previous series uh kind of ran through that St. Louis did give them a little bit of a, a little bit of a scare and uh, just ran through the Minnesota Wild. So um, they're looking like those Washington Capitals back in 2018 where they're kind of just going, they're a, they're a rock going down a mountain, they're steamrolling through, taking everything out in, sign, uh, out in sight. And um, they're an interesting team to watch right now. It's, uh, but tonight, uh, those Oilers, the Spit and Chicklet boys, like you said, they're in town. It's, I've seen some videos. It looks crazy in that city. It looks like the city could erupt. You mean they're not world. having fun in Edmonton oh. with Biz and uh, Whitney there? I mean, oh, oh, sh- you got to be kidding me. Yeah, you I, don't say. Yeah, find a flight to get up there. Look, <laughs> it's uh, it, it looks incredible. All the all my friends that are up there, are, I see their videos and whatnot. So the city's on rampage. If there's a if there's a goal within five minutes, I, I think Rogers Center building a. I think it might fall down. Uh, it's going to be in a hectic game. The crowd, the the whole city, pretty much on on edge to see how the Oilers take it. But uh, to kind of get into uh, the digest the the series and the players, um, I think the first game, yeah, the the Oilers came up flat. Uh, I think the elevation does play a little bit of a factor in, into those games. Uh, obviously, they went early and whatnot, but from what I've heard and, and seen and read uh, game one, it was kind of a test each other out, see where they're at. Obviously uh, the controversial offside goal um, kind of probably didn't change the game. It counted. It is what it is, but um, the Oilers need to be touched up defensively. I think uh, they're, they're letting too many shots get through, not covering up, not blocking shots, not selling their bodies. I, I'm not even going to pinpoint it on a player. I think it's every guy just needs to sell out their bodies a little more to get in front of those pucks because that that uh, Colorado Avalanche team's a bunch of shooters. There's they've got probably five plus guys who can who can uh, pinpoint a shot and get it through, and, and especially McCarr and how talented he is, best defenseman like I said earlier, and, and probably the world right now, one of the best players in the world right now. Uh, nevertheless. Uh, 
they just got to sell their bodies a little more. I think defensively, I think they have the offensive power. Guys like Hyman kind of sitting and planting a planting his post. He's basically a second post right now for Connor McDavid to hit, and he just stuffs it right back in there. Hyman he does, and uh, Yamamoto's been real nice. Uh, kind of had a softer season, and then this playoffs is real came out strong. Um, so Questionable thought, for tonight, by the way, Yamamoto with the upper body injury oh, from the yeah, last game, yeah. the hit he took. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, so. But in previous, yeah, he's been their offense has been solid. To just touch him back on on their whole uh, team, just being offensively uh, depth. They've had it all. They're from top four lines. Same with Colorado, though. Same thing. So um, I think it's just down to a defensive and goalie battle. I, I I like Mike Smith. I love his game. Very athletic. Very competitive. Wanting to win. Plays the puck real well. Um, uh, so it's, I don't, I don't want to put the blame on all of them throughout the series. I think again, like I touched on, uh, they're not selling their bodies, not blocking enough shots. Uh, I think that wins a lot of series. Yeah, I was watching, uh, I think I noticed in the in the other series over with New York, uh, you see every player just blocking shots. And, and even with the Tampa Bay, uh, lightning, they, their captain, Steven Stamkos, I remember even in the previous series with them in Florida, how many guys went down that tunnel and that that's what takes a, a team to go all the way and win that win the whole whole thing right you, you got to have your captain your whole your whole team essentially taking their bodies and uh, jumping in front of pucks and and taking shots uh from the point and blocking those lanes so um i think it's just going to come down again to defensive uh who's ever got the best defense in, in this series i think uh edmonton you're right uh like you said earlier with nurse uh, it's kind of relies on him if he shows up or not and um last two games he kind of hasn't and been kind of scared to block a shot it looks like and not get in the way um but there are Kemp, people hinting oh, that Kemp. he's hurt i sure hope so i sure hope part of the reason he was that yeah. bad in game two was that he was injured yeah well it's not that i want him to be injured, everybody but, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you hope you, you think uh, most guys during this time of year, you figure they're everybody's kind of banged up in one yeah. way or another, but uh, who knows how significant and where it is. And you can probably, you can tell when he's not looking to block a shot. That's kind of where um, he's been lacking. That's like, kind of the tell sign. Yeah. Telltale you know, sign, yeah. Just kind of scared to get in the way of things and take a hit. Or, um, but I like his game. I do like nurse's game. Tough, mean, good in front of the net just kind of seems like he's a little bit out of it but could be due to injury I think uh, it's hard to play when you're feeling something on your body that's painful and you're thinking about it while you're playing or even on the bench and uh, it's hard to focus and stay in the end of the game when you're focusing on injuries and uh, get over to Colorado yeah I think uh, uh, they've kind of struggled a little bit goaltending wise in this Frank Frank I can't say his name France Francois Francois Oh, French name. Yeah. Can't get those. Um, he came in the first game, played fantastic. Came in the second game, shut out. Obviously, you got to go back to him. You can't. If you're a coach in any league, you never, ever should go flip-flop that. That brings a mental uh, battle on the goalie that's yep. in itself. And um, just go with the flow, you know. The goalie's riding hot. You let him keep going until it's not. So, um, and so uh, you want to see it happen tonight for him again. And, and like you said, I think the Avalanche played a perfect game. And um, I'm hoping that they'll keep pulling through. I, I want to see uh, the McKinnon and, and, the, and the finals for myself. But uh, I like I think I said earlier to myself, um, seeing a little bit more playoff, I'd like to see the Oilers win. It's going to be a tough game for the Colorado to come in there and steamroll over them. So 
um, all in all, I think it's going to come down to defensive uh, defensive battle tonight. Whoever's got the better defense and, and better structure to their game uh, coming out of their own end. So, um, and that's been the case for Colorado. They've been structurally, defensively, ten times better than any team in all playoffs. Maybe New York has an up for their running, but uh, should be good. Should be an interesting game tonight. I'm excited to watch, and I'm I'm kind of am rooting for the Oilers in a way, just to kind of like I said, see more hockey. But yeah, make <laughs> it a closer series. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're leading Colorado though a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little more Colorado in my and myself. I think uh, I think those Oilers. You know, you get, like I said, you, you, know, you want to see those top end players like sell their bodies a little more. I, I don't think you deserve to win a Stanley Cup without taking a few big block shots and selling your body as much as, as uh, Colorado has and even New York and teams that are and even Tampa. Tampa does. That yeah. want to, yeah. that want to get through and, and they know what it takes. So I think the others are just missing that sell your body, win a couple more puck battles, um, be a little cleaner, touching up with the puck, not giving it away too many turnovers. And uh, if they can clean that up tonight, I think game one, if they win one game, uh, things again, both series two all you, one win in their home barns and um, teams could look a lot. The series could look a lot differently both ways. So well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes from here. Yeah. The, McDavid's going to be the inter- McDavid and nurse. There you go. I'm yeah. for Edmonton McDavid and nurse. If those two guys don't play well tonight, it's three zip Colorado after tonight. That's what it boils down to. Nurse has to show up on that blue line. He can't say, you know what, I can take an off night. I can be soft. I can be bad defensively because I can rely on, you know, back in the day with Anaheim when they won a cup. Niedermeyer sucked one night. Oh, that's okay. I've got Chris Pronger here uh, on this blue line. Or if Pronger stuck, stunk, oh, I've got Niedermeyer. You know, and I've got, and they had a, a bunch of really good defensemen that year. They were loaded on the back end. With Edmonton, when Nurse doesn't play, their bell cow defenseman, who am I going to say I look over? Who's going to step up and be big for me if I suck tonight? Oh, Cody Cece couldn't cut it with Ottawa. Couldn't cut it with Toronto. He's going to be good. Oh, Duncan Keith at almost 40. He's going to be good. Evan Bouchard, who makes turnovers in his own end. Tyson Barry, same thing. You know, they don't block a ton of shots either. Who the hell's stepping up if Darnell Nurse doesn't play well? He looks over and he sees a bunch of question marks. That's what I see on this Edmonton blue line. That's why it's so important for Darnell Nurse to uh, play well tonight and bounce back strong for game two. And it goes without saying for McDavid. Like, McDavid had no time, no space to do anything in game two. And you have to credit the checking and the defensive play by Colorado on him. But at the same time, we've seen the McDavid gear before, where it's this gear that only he can play at. And he's got to find a way to get there tonight. You know, maybe he tried to get there in game two. Could have fooled me. Uh, with what we saw from him in game two. But he's got to find that McDavid gear, that gear where nothing can be done to try to contain him. Uh, and that's what he's going to have to bring to the to the ice tonight uh, in Edmonton. Maybe he's not capable. Maybe Colorado's checking him and defending him that well. He's not capable of getting to that McDavid gear tonight. Yeah. But I've got to believe, you know, he's got, he knows he's got to just, he's got to have one of those like games that he had against LA. You remember the team was desperate and they were, very much in trouble uh, late in that L.A. Kings series in the first round, and McDavid just went postal on their ass. That's exactly what he did. He did it in game six. He did it in game seven, and he was just dominating all over the ice. But here's the problem. Colorado is a little bit better than L.A. Uh, with all due respect to the Kings, who had a nice season, he's got to be able to do it now 
It might be a little bit more difficult to do it now because you've got people that can skate with McDavid defensively on this Colorado team everywhere. They're just loaded with speed up front. They're loaded with speed and, you know, you know, speed demons, speed merchants on the back end uh, as well. And as a result, that's why McDavid's having a harder time getting his time, getting his space to make plays with the puck because they can skate with him. They can stick with him a, a little bit better. Uh, even when he does, you know, drive it into overgear, uh, over, you know, puts it into overdrive, I should say, and goes, you know, 110 miles per hour, which we know McDavid can do with that stride and that burst that he has. Colorado can keep up with that stride. Colorado can keep up with that burst that he brings a lot more than other teams. He's got to try to find it, though. He's got to try to overcome those, you know, concerns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, uh, Colorado, they're used to they're used to playing those guys because in their own practices they got Connor, they got um, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Yeah. They're coming down their wings and buzzing by them. They're used to caliber yeah. players of that speed. So uh, and for sure, McDavid can take over a series one hundred percent. Have you seen it in uh, series one against the Kings? We've seen it in series two against uh, the Flames, where Drysaddle and him take over the series and get three four points a night and 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 obviously set records of themselves. It, uh, incredible. Uh, last series against the Flames and how they just took over the series completely themselves and uh, it didn't even matter how much goals got scored on them in a night it was it was stupid how many goals they're scoring um, so that yeah they need they think Connor McDavid needs to come tonight and play needs needs to come tonight and play um, but yeah. it, it's difficult when you got a team against you that practices against Yep. similar caliber players every they day. They can simulate it more, right? So it, it's they're used to it. They know what to expect. Um, obviously, Connor McDavid has that twitch in his brain where he goes, "No, I'm uh, I'm the best player in the world, and he can't stop me." So uh, I think that's kind of where he's leaded tonight. I hope I could see it happening. I'm excited to watch this first period, see how that goes, and again, I want to see that building erupt. It's uh, I love seeing sights like that. It's uh, it's always exciting. That's why I love the playoffs. The crowds get a little more into it but uh yeah i see i could see the oilers winning tonight for sure i i do i think uh mcdavid syria he wants to win you can tell um doesn't matter what the what everybody else is doing he just wants everybody in on one page and and and, and push him for it and he and again he's that player that can take uh the series in his own hands and and, and choose what he wants to do with it so um, it'll be interesting. It'll be, I'm super excited. I think, uh, like I said, uh, it's all down to defensive systems. And we really proved last last game against each other how defensive and how talented those uh, Colorado Avalanche decor is. Where that only in that one play itself, where McCarr stayed with McDavid in the same speed, and we all know that McDavid coming up that fast on you one on one, he can he's embarrassed some really talented hockey hockey players in in that uh, same scenario as usual. And McCarr just uh, he was literally like he, swatting him like a fly yeah, with the stick. Like he, I mean, was at, he was driving down the yeah. ice, and there's McCarr just swatted the puck right off the like stick. It looked like he was at his 95 job yeah. doing, uh, doing it as usual. So it yeah. looked like it was too easy for him, honestly. So, um, it, again, uh, it'll be real, real interesting tonight. I think uh, Oilers probably have a little bit of the edge on them, obviously, in their own building, down 2-0. Uh, they're hungry. They're they're horny for a win, <laughs> as Biz says. A little more horny um, than, uh, than the opposing. So they I think they, oh, I if you're not amped up for this game as a fan, as, as a player, a, as a player, yeah, uh, as an Oiler fan, an Oiler player, yeah. you're, there's something wrong with you. This is uh, 
when was the last time they went to the third uh, the third round of the conference final? I couldn't even tell you. Oh six. Oh six. I was. Yep. I would have been they went to the cup final six, that year. I would have been yep. six years old. So yep. I wouldn't even have known what happened then. So um, Michael Pecca, Chris Pronger, uh, yeah. Fernando oh. Pisani, stuff of legend, he scored an overtime winner against Carolina. Right. Uh, some of the players they had uh, a young Rafi Torres on that team. Right. Uh, yeah, it was. So, uh, that's going back in time. Wow. That's uh, quite a bit a while ago. So uh, I think yeah. the Oilers fans know how, they 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 know how hard it is to get to those areas and uh, get to the that time of year in the third round of the conference final. Know how difficult it is after, especially with their Gretzky runs. Uh, even like you just said, no six, it's difficult. So I think they're a little more appreciative, and that's why they're a little bit more hungry for this game. Uh, Colorado, I think the same thing, but. Yeah, again, I don't know if you, if you can't get up for this one, Oilers fans and uh, Oilers players. There's something wrong with you. You shouldn't be playing hockey. That's it's, right, hundred percent right. Yeah. Yep, you, you got to find a way. About Oilers as well, I think a little bit they over were overperforming against Calgary. To say, I think like those stats which showed and the, the that line especially, I think that was you know we cannot see sustain that you know of all the time you know and also they played Kings and they played Flames you know. Uh, those teams are not like very well. Flames maybe are offensive minded, but the demon don't pitch as you said so, so yeah. much. And the Oilers, the whistles, the whistles look like they're going away. Uh, I, I noticed in round one and two, they're they're calling sickening calls. I couldn't even believe some of the penalties they were getting on teams. And then this these these two uh, third rounds here uh, in the conference finals, it looks like the whistles are completely gone, and that kills McDavid and and Drysaddle and that that Oilers team where. They thrive off of power plays. That they're that they're watching their power plays like watching. Uh, can I don't even know how to describe it. It's like watching bread and butter, just smooth and clean and easy. It's it's probably the best power play in the whole in the whole league. So you take that away from a team that takes away a goal or two per night potentially. Um, so it, taking the whistle away, taking the whistles away from from that type of team where they need the offense, they need the power plays. I think it, you're right on page. I think uh, that was kind of like a, a glorified series the last two rounds where they're getting their power plays, their opportunities, and uh, the, those have gone away. So, uh, but you never know. I think McDavid's proved to do it five on five. Same with Drysaddle. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, but again, those whistles are gone, so those power play opportunities are limited. Yeah, they got to draw some. Get on that power play, definitely tonight. Uh, prop wise, and then we'll wrap it up with best bets. Uh, Hyman, uh, someone was asking about shot props. I'm on Hyman goal, Hyman point, Hyman shots on goal over. He is definitely going to have a night, I think, and make an impact. And he's the one guy that will because his work ethic and his motor never ever stops. Zach Hyman. Uh, so he's my favorite Oiler prop tonight. I like McDavid shots, even if it's three and a half minus one sixty seventy in some spots, and. It, some books actually have it at four and a half as well, plus you know one twenty five or so. So, uh, shop around. You could lay the more, the juice like I did on the over three and a half, or you could go over four and a half plus one twenty. I think he's going to shoot the puck a lot tonight because it's McDavid knows he has to. It's two nothing backs against the wall. So I like Hyman shots on goal over. McDavid shots on goal over. I think Rantanen's been shooting the puck a lot in this series. I think he's a good uh, shots on goal overlook and Kadri. Uh, as well, I think, for uh, Colorado. So I would put two aside. Uh, Kadri, Rantanen for Colorado, Hyman and McDavid for uh, Edmonton in terms of shots on goal overs. Those are the favorites I like for both sides, two for each team uh, here tonight. And as I said, Hyman to score a goal. 
uh, and uh, get a point. I think that's a good one. Uh, McDavid over one and a half points. Let me just see what it is for that. I like that as well. Over one and a half, minus 140. Uh, Connor McDavid over one and a half points. Like it's got to be him tonight. It's got to be number 97 making an impact tonight for the Edmonton Oilers if they're going to win this game and, and try to get back uh, in this series. All right, great stuff. Great analysis. Great breakdown. Fun discussion uh, with uh, Vito, Alex, and our special guest, uh, Liam Hughes. And uh, uh, Liam, thanks for uh, joining us today. We'll wrap things up with best bets uh, in just a second. First, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets to wrap it up for this Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. Reminder, we're going to be back tomorrow. It'll be me, Vito, and Alex tomorrow at noon Eastern, and we'll get ready for the matinee affair with the Lightning and the Rangers down in Tampa uh, tomorrow. So Sunday, we'll be back with you tomorrow at noon Eastern. All right, uh, best bets. We'll start with Alex. Uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, so it's not a pregame bet. It's, uh, this will be an in-game wager. Looking at the over one and a half in the first period, uh, anything in minus $1.35 or better, I would say fire away with because you, you don't obviously want to take up too much time waiting for a plus price, and then you, all of a sudden you get a goal. And that one and a half is, is gone. So uh, my target range would be 135, looking for a live first period over one and a half. Uh, this is a, a target bet here for uh, Alex B. Smith. Over one and a half, he's going to look for that at, at a better price. That's exactly what I'm doing, actually, for the full game total as well. Like, I'm not taking it at seven. I'm going to look for six and a half. Hell, maybe even you'll find a five and a half if we... Definitely have a period of time with no goals, but definitely going to look for something better in-game with the over. That's also my plan of attack and my strategy here uh, for Game 3 tonight as well. All right, Vito, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we'll go right back to that first period as well. And let's go to some higher price. Let's go to, to that plus two, 200 for the Oilers to minus, minus a goal, right, to, to win the first period, basically. That would be my best bet for tonight. And... If somebody would like like to add, maybe I, I like I like that under seven. I think that's a lot of goals. I think this game can end like four two. So under seven also is a great look. There you go, under seven honorable mention and Edmonton uh, plus two hundred. That's minus a half plus two hundred in the first period uh, for Vito with his uh, best bet. Uh, Liam, great job. I mean, really, really good discussion analysis from you. Great job on the show. Thanks for joining us. And I got to say this because by the way, follow Liam. Liam is on Twitter at Liam Hughes one thirty three. Uh, on Twitter, and I just happened to notice the tweet at the top of his uh, timeline right now. Uh, someone tweeted, someone offers you $500,000 per year for life to not watch basketball ever again. Could you do it? And Liam responds, I do it for free every day. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, not a big Savage, guy. my friend, on the sport of basketball. <laughs> my goodness. Not a yeah. fan, clearly. Uh, I don't – okay, I don't hate basketball. I just, it's just boring to me. I can't, I can't get into it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe when, like, uh, when – what do you what – is, what is their title? What do you call it? The What's the – 
the NBA Finals. The NBA Final, their yeah. trophy. Oh, last game. Larry OB. Larry yeah, O'Brien. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. that game. I'm just, I don't know. Never yeah. got into it. I'm a big, uh, oh, okay. base. I played baseball growing up and um, soccer and, 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 and hockey. So I wasn't a huge, uh, huge uh, basketball kid. I'm kind of like Ryan Whitney in it. <laughs> Same thing. I'm a big, big, uh, big Ryan Whitney fan. So I always kind of, I like uh, his takes on it. It's kind of funny, but I could get into it. Maybe I got to. That- that's like me with school. soccer. Although I've 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 I've, I I've actually watch soccer, yeah. softened on soccer with Canada actually doing well and going to the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I can't they kind watch of got me into it a little bit. I got to admit. Yeah, soccer is another sport. I don't know how they watch it, but I mean, I get. I went to one. I went to one game in England. It was unreal. It was really cool. See, I bet the nice. same thing for basketball. Um, oh yeah, it's much better live. Much better yeah, live. Kind of like baseball. You can't watch it. It's kind of boring on TV. Then you go to a game. You get to experience the food, the the atmosphere, and, and the people there. So um, I'm sure it's the same way. I'm, I've never, I've been to one basketball game when I was probably like six years old, but I don't remember that <laughs> too well. So yeah, I'm just joking around. Um, not a hater of basketball. Just not the biggest fan. <laughs> Hockey's yeah, not. Nothing wrong with that. Like I said, there's sports I hate, and I'd, I'd answer it the same way. Like, I do it for free every day. You couldn't pay me to <laughs> to, to watch it. There's cr- yeah. Cricket is one. I, I don't know what that – I don't even understand I, Cricket. So oh, from that standpoint, I it's just impossible for me. The British As, people love it, and yeah. I tried getting explained by them. And I'm like – they play for like three days yeah. from sun up to sundown. The, the fact that they break at halftime or an intermission in a cricket match, and they for 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 a tea party or they have some tea or some yeah, shit. I mean, that's just party. I'm out. Sorry, oh, I'm out. I don't yeah. know how like, it seems fun, <laughs> but I don't know. That's crazy, man. Three days. Not interested. Take three days. Oh. As soon as I hear you're playing a competitive sport and you're an intense sport, big match against a team maybe you don't like, and I'm here and you're taking a fucking break to have a sip of tea. I mean, you got to be like, shitting me. It's like 500 euro or 500 pound, 500 euro to go. It's like a weekend thing. They go the whole weekend and watch cricket. And the <laughs> scores are like 500 to like something. I don't even remember. It's crazy though. I couldn't believe it. I thought cricket was just like a three-hour game and you score as much as points as you can. I, I thought it was kind of like baseball. But yeah. it is, but it isn't. Three days long of baseball. Holy. Yeah. Do yeah. You think baseball is a long sport and a long match and a long game. Cricket. Oh, nothing on cricket. So, I, <laughs> like, I have no clue how it how it how it works at all. No. And I, I've tried, I've looked, I've but no, I and I'm not interested enough to try uh, no. any further. That's good. All right, Liam, let's have your best bet. What do you like most tonight? Uh, I think, uh, like I said, the Oilers are coming out hot. They're coming out real hot tonight. Uh, like, I, if you're not up for this game as an Oilers fan, an Oilers player, uh, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know something wrong with you. Um, they're Gonna come out hot this first period. Probably score one or two goals, uh, and then I, I think honestly the Colorado Avalanche—they just—they are gonna come out with, with the win in the end of the day. I think they have it. I think it could be a close game, uh, but I think the Colorado Avalanche are gonna take over after the second period and cool them off and uh, really set the tone the rest of the game. Just defensively, offensively, they're gonna just gonna take over. There you go, Colorado minus. That's why I like Edmonton first period. Because I think an Edmonton first period win and them losing the game is something I could, it would not totally shock me to see that happen. No. You know, because Colorado is that good and they're, they're, they could easily come back in a game and they've been good on the road. They're actually 5 and 0 in the playoffs on the road. Oh, they geez. won both games in Nashville. They won all three games in St. Louis uh, in the second round as well. So they've been a good road team. So uh, Colorado minus 130 is what Liam's going with. That's why I feel more secure about Edmonton first period tonight. 
compared to uh, full games, which is a great segue to my best bet, which is indeed uh, Edmonton plus 105 uh, first period. Uh, I'm going to bank on them coming out strong because they have to. If it's not going to happen for them in the first 20 minutes, it's probably not going to happen for them at all tonight. Uh, so uh, Edmonton plus 105 first period for me for a uh, best bet here on this Saturday uh, slate. Uh, Richard Farley, do they read that? I try to read the chat. I'm just not good at keeping up with it. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm in and out with the chat more out than in. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of chat. So. Yeah. But yeah, Alex definitely is more involved, but uh, we try to, uh, and we bring up the, uh, you got to bring it too. Like it's gotta be a comment that's worth that stands out and it's worth uh, reading about on the, uh, on the uh, show. So, and by the way, look, Terry Edelman has appeared in our chat. Uh, Terry, hope you're doing well. Uh, and we'll give you your credit right now uh, where it's due. I mean, he said the Rangers would end that Tampa streak, uh, that 18 and 0 streak off a loss. He was just, he was shouting it from the rooftops, so to speak on Twitter uh, the last couple days. And he was able to do that. So uh, the Rangers were able to get it done. So a uh, great job there uh, by Terry saying that would happen. All right. That's the show. Oh, Liam's Twitter is at Liam Hughes, one thirty-three. Uh, someone was asking. So there you go. Uh, if you want to follow Liam Hughes on Twitter, great show, awesome stuff, awesome conversation about both conference finals. Uh, Liam, uh, just some final words from you before we say goodbye. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It was a pleasure chatting to y'all. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's go Oilers, but uh, I know it's going to be tough for them. I'm on the Oilers bandwagon a little bit, but more so Avalanche. I know they're too good. It's too good to be true. So, anyways, <laughs> thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Awesome stuff. Great to have you. All right. That's a wrap for the Saturday show. Uh, hit the like button to everybody watching here in the chat. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form in all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, for Vito and for our special guest, Liam Hughes, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back tomorrow, noon Eastern time, once again on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.